Carol O'Foury. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till 12. East Coast Radio. It is East Coast Radio, KZN's number one hit music station. And today is Woman Crush Wednesday and a special Woman Crush Wednesday. It's International Women's Day. And when planning this, when I sat down with producer Rory, we wanted to speak to a South African woman who's just pioneered in so many fields and just trailblazed in so many ways and just flying the South African flag all over and one lady came to mind that had to be Mambabra Masigela. Mambabra Masigela is an activist, an academic, an educator, a politician, an ambassador, a mother, a poet, and one of the world's greatest wordsmiths. Mambabra served the government at the highest level when President Nelson Mandela appointed her the first new South African ambassador and female, first female South African ambassador to France and UNESCO in 1995. And in 2003, Mambabra became South Africa's ambassador to the United States of America. And Mambabra also served as a deputy chairperson of the SABC from 1999 to 2003. And now in 20. 2021, Mambabra has put on the shelves her amazing published memoir called Bolly Bolly. Mambabra, I could go on and on and on. Welcome to East Coast Radio. Thank you. Hello and hello to your uh, listeners. <laughs> Does it feel slightly <laughs> overwhelming when one says uh, all these things and still I've left out so much that you've done? No, it just feels like a eulogy. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a eulogy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. Now we're going to get into so many elements of who you are, what you've accomplished and what you still yet to do. Um, and I think the first thing uh, I have to ask you in all the things that you've accomplished so far, do you feel like you've, you've done it all or do you still have other things you'd like to, to see through? Oh, I wish that it were like that, but I think it's just a normal thing that you, you, you never feel as though you've done enough. There's always something more that you can do, you could have done, or less in some, in some instances. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's never enough time to do everything. And as you get older, Time seems to be shrinking, you know, literally shrinking. And because what you could do before in an hour, uh, you can't do anymore in an hour. It takes longer. And it seems everything is just rushing right. at you, you know, and right. there's no time. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, that's the way it is. Unfortunately, nobody teaches us how to get old. <laughs> There's no manual, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I absolutely love that. Now, yeah. Mum, Barbara, you are in the amazing golden years of your 80s. Um, and I've heard, I mean, I've just gone into the 40s and I've heard that uh, as you go into a different decade, life just gives you so many different um, pearls uh, that you have. You know, um, you have Oprah saying the 60s have been the most amazing years that she's ever had. Um, can you tell me what has been the, 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 the most uh, amazing part of being in your 80s? I think it's, it's the calm. It's the... The, 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 the natural kind of restraint, it's, um, um, it's your passions being more controlled, you know, uh, uh, but above all, it's just 
the ability to recognize the 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 variety and the beauty of hum of humanity you know yeah uh, um yeah it's it's a time that you see things clearly i think i think so and um and I think you're always blessed if your mind is still intact as well, because that is also something I think that older people fear more than anything, that if I were to lose my mind, what would happen to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's also a time when you realize the uh, limits of what your body can do. You know, right. that you can't jump up in joy. Sometimes I I tell my children that sometimes when I, I'm standing waiting for the light to change uh, at, at a corner and I always feel like, oh, I want to run, you know, but I can't <laughs> run. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love that honesty. I love that honesty. It's, it's just so, so refreshing. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I move on to my next question, I mean, you've, as I mentioned in my intro, you've worked within, uh, you know, um, with, with President Nelson Mandela, you've been an ambassador, uh, you've done so many things in your political activist educator space. Would there be a hat that you absolutely loved wearing when you look back at your career and you go, I really love being, for example, the ambassador to the USA, or I really love being an educator in this space. Is there one specific um, career that, or, 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 or post that you held that you were like, hmm, that one Oh, that's up. like asking me which, which is the best book that you've read, who is your best friend. Who? <laughs> what is the best thing that ever happened to you? I think uh, uh, the thing that, that that is wonderful about life is is that there is always something better awaiting you. You know, uh, um, if you understand what I mean, that yeah. um, there there is no you know life transcends best better, worst, etc., because there is always something that is undone that you can do, you know. Uh, so I would say that um, I would say that being the first woman to be appointed ambassador in a democratic South Africa uh, and being appointed ambassador to France was probably highlight in one of the highlights right. in my life right. you know and uh that i mean it's something that can never repeat it and that will never happen again in life you know nobody will ever be the first ambassador appointed to yeah. france you know in a democratic south africa so i've i've had moments and i think that for instance Working all those years with Mr. Mandela when he just came out of prison uh, and working with others to see him become the president of South Africa, I think that must, that's also a highlight in my life. I don't think that uh, there are many people who have had that kind of um, uh, opportunity you know, yeah. uh, to work with such a, a great man, such a, a, a patriot, yeah. such a fighter, 
such a, 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 a human being, you know. So I, I, I think one is just grateful for those moments and you can't say this was the best, you know. Yeah. I mean, I remember that when I had my son, my youngest son, the greatest thing that uh, happened was each time I woke up in the morning looking, seeing his face, and his smile was the best thing in the world, you know. Yeah. There's nothing that could ever match that, you know. So it's different parts of your life, you know, different parts of your life. They give you, there are opportunities and moments that are special at any time. And I would say this to young people that uh no matter how bad it is, you know, there, there, there are those moments that are going to be there in your life. And, and, and they will be the best and the worst, of course. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, you touched on your um, relationship or working with um, ex-president uh, Nelson Mandela. And, and I'm going to throw in a fun question here and ask you, do you have a favorite South African president of all time? For you, I don't think that's a that's a nice question to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's provocative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everybody would agree with me that uh, we will never have that moment that we had with Nelson Mandela. You know that yeah. era. It yeah. was a special era. It was. A special time. We were full of hope. Um, we were validated because we had, you know, fought for you for decades for freedom in South Africa, and there was the validation. Especially when some of us returned back to South Africa, you know, we had a chance to create a whole new world and we did we did we created a democratic society you know uh um yeah it it was the greatest moment so i i don't think unfortunately for future presidents i don't think that there will be ever be a a more favorite president than nelson mandela yeah no absolutely. because we were at the height of our achievement of and the achievement of freedom mainly you know yes yes yeah. absolutely mm. that leads mm. me into my next question um would you say you're proud of the south africa that we are today having you know worked over the years and lived in this country and done so much for the youth and the young people and the women of this country are you proud of where we are today i have my moments i have my moments um and um there's nothing that makes me as proud as when I compare myself at the age, let's say, of 30 to a, a young woman of 30 in South Africa today, you know, uh, or an 18-year-old woman, you know. Uh, I think that they are much, much, I mean, contrary to the pessimism of everybody, which is justified, uh, I think that, um, you know, we definitely have more opportunities than we have ever had during our history. 
you know, uh, and as a matter of fact, I wrote a book about that. And the book was about my grandmother because it struck me that, um, you know, we tend to to focus on our victimhood, you know, uh, historically, and we, 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 we do not try to look at what was really quality in our lives. And when I looked at the life of my grandmother, I saw there a quality that we do not often, you know, uh, often admit, which is the quality of survival. To be alive is, is, there's nothing to match that. And I think that it is so important that from time to time, we have to pause and factor in the fact that we are alive because there were others before us who made it possible for us to survive. Yeah, absolutely. That is so true. I'd like to move into your recent work of Poli Poli. I remember visiting Kenya and it was often used to say, slow down, slow down, you know, slowly, slowly. Um, And I believe the book also pays a a big tribute to your late musical icon brother, Bra Hugh Masekela. And uh, you also delve into a lot of your life uh, growing up with your grandparents and and, and, and just unpacking all of that. Um, Can you chat to us about this body of work? And I've I've also read that um, writing a memoir, it's best to write one when you've lived uh, a full life with so much to tell. (laughs) And I'm sure in your 80s, you have so many stories to try and compact Mm -hmm. into one story. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you chat to us about Boli Boli and how it came about? And, you know, the importance of the book also um, paying tribute to your brother, whom I believe you're very, very close to. Yes, I was very, very close to my brother and I still am. <laughs> because I find that I, he is resurrected for me every day. Oh. Because I can't go anywhere without someone mentioning him. And I can't do anything without somebody remembering him. I can't listen to the radio without the danger of a song of his being played. And my brother was just a wonderful person, and I admired him always. You know, I mean, look, we, as most siblings are, sometimes we were in rivalry. But for the most part, I just thought he was the most wonderful, wittiest, uh, cleverest, fastest, naughtiest person that I ever knew. And uh, up to today, you know, if I see something or I hear a joke or I eat a good meal, I always think, oh, how you would have enjoyed that. Oh, how you would have envied me. How you would have loved to be the one who said that. Yeah, my brother and I were very close, but I think what's also very little known about my brother is that he was an intellectual of the highest caliber and um, a great reader, and he enjoyed knowledge for its own sake. But above all, he loved people. He really loved people, and and I think that is the greatest blessing with his music that that he left us, that wherever he goes, people remember him. And they remember him for the human being that he was, 
the human being musician, you know, the human being lover of children, lover of women, you know, he, yeah, yeah. I can go on and on about (laughs) my brother. (laughs) Speaking of, do you have a favorite song that you play when you think of him? No, I don't. I actually, for a year after my brother died, I didn't play any music because it just made me weak. And, um, and, um, yeah, I, I think it must be one of the worst things that ever happened to me that my brother went away because he's left a big gap. But my brother has two beautiful grandchildren uh, who I love, and one just went to university this year, and he's got a lovely daughter and son-in-law. So, and we've got a big family, and, and, and um, yeah. So uh, his life goes on, as I say. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a song. I think that I would say maybe the album that I love most about my brother, and I love all his music, was um, the uh, album that he made in the United States called I Am Not Afraid. And I often say that one of the things I admired mostly about my brother was that he was not afraid of anybody or anything. Uh, And he used that courage very smartly. And I'm going to stop talking about him now because uh, the interview is about me. Right, right. 100%. (laughs) It is all about you. Now, you recently organized and hosted the Johannesburg Festival of Women Writers at the University of Johannesburg. And you're very passionate about uh, the upliftment of women writers and women authors. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us about this event? And also, I mean, we're in KZN. We're hoping and crossing fingers um, you'll do one for us out here as well. Yeah, I would like to start off with that do for us, do one for us, because I think that what I've been asked repeatedly is, will there be another festival next year? And the answer is yes, there will be a festival. The University of Johannesburg has um, committed to... um, sponsoring another festival. It was a huge success, a huge success. And, um, but I think what is also important, Carol, that I've been telling people is that, yes, there'll be a festival, but the festival will only have more meaning if people do something in between festivals. You know, you can't just wait between festival from festival. We were promoting women's writings, writings by, 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 by women authors. We were promoting the sales of books by women. Uh, which we know they sell a few for three months, then it's all over. You know, they publish another book, then there's another excitement. We were promoting the reading, a reading culture in our country. Because that is what is so important, that people should read, read, read. We talk a lot, we criticize a lot, but often we are coming from a place of the personal experience and we don't take into account uh, the experience 
of other people in our locality, in our you know, province in our country. So what I would say about the next festival is that it would be a great festival if people held small festivals in between. Right. You know, so that the next time we don't discuss the the same thing, you know, so that the next time we can say, having this festival, having had this festival, is there an improvement? Where can we improve? more book clubs in our neighborhood? Do we help children with their homework? Because our festival was also about stories written by women for children. And we know what the state of reading is in our schools. Mm. And it is very, very concerning because some of us grew up at a time when one newspaper was read by more than 20 people because it went from hand to hand to hand to hand, you know. And now because, of course, of the electronic communication system, people hardly read a book. They hardly hold, you know, take hold of a book. And the, the festival was about those things. It was also about honoring women, especially somebody like Cindywe Magona, who was our guest of honor, and she is turning 80 in April, you know, and she is just a phenomenal South African woman writer who taught herself how to write and worked at her writing uh, and ended up doing a PhD because she wanted to, and she was over 70. So we were honoring her as well, and honoring in her all women. You know, for instance, some of the people who attended the the festival were people like Me Seli Motane, many, many people whose book is coming out in April, as is the book of Ma Ruth Mombati, which is also coming in, out in April by Seriti Publishers. Wow. Uh, so, uh, and those are great women who have made such a contribution to South African history. Meseli, during the apartheid years, played an indescribable role in Soweto with the children, with the women, uh, you know. And many, there are many, many, many women like that in our communities. And my dream is that one could travel from town to town, have a a small festival, invite the great women of that, and children of that area, and just work on this issue of promoting reading and writing in our country because you know even in the townships you go to the to the old cemeteries they are just there's nothing there it's all flat because the grass gets burnt you can't find the graves etc you know the cemeteries of our countries you know, they hold our history because written on there are the dates of the people, what they did, what they were in the community. That is our history. 
In some countries, like in the United States, where I lived for a while, they have history clubs where young people go from cemetery to cemetery looking for the names of people who have played a role in the lives of the town or the, you know, of the city or the location or whatever you want to call it. So, um, yeah. Um, and everybody yeah. is a writer. Somebody has pointed that any, everybody is a writer. You write, we all write obituaries, for instance. <laughs> we all yeah. write birthday wishes, you right, know. Right. Yeah. There are different kinds of writers, you know, uh, in our midst. And we ought to bring out those people. And, of course, they are the published writers who must continue to be encouraged and uh, so that they can write more and more. And there's nothing that serves writing as well as archives. Our archives are important. Yes. Our archives are very, very important. And that's what I did with Poli Poli. I restructured the life of my grandmother who was a child during the South African war, war the, 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 what we used to call the Anglo-Boer War, you know. I mean, can you imagine being a human being who grows up first dispossessed of the land of your forefathers? Then you become, uh, you, you have to go and live in an urban area, never having lived there because people have taken over your land. They are living on it. Then you raise children. Then when you just think in the 40s that things are getting better, the world war starts. People start working in factories and so on, and it looked as though black people are going to make some progress, and then suddenly apartheid is here. Then you live through apartheid. You live through Shabdale. You live through all the atrocities, you know, you live through the death of your own son, you know, and then you see your, great, your grandchildren go abroad and they come back and just at the point of freedom, you, you die. So that is why I went to vote where my grandmother lived in Ennerdale because I felt like I'll go there and vote on her behalf because she died without ever voting. Wow, that is a very powerful story. That's a very powerful thing you've shared with us there, Mama. Um, mm-hmm. I want you to please help us with a lovely message for women today on this International Women's Day, on this Woman Crush Wednesday. Uh, so many women are really seeing the most in life and the challenges seem to be piling on. Um, and I think an inspirational message from yourself would really just give some women the extra energy to keep pushing forward well what is it i mean what 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 can i say except that you just keep pushing on you know because i think that uh quiet as it's kept it was not so easy for us and you know even getting to where we did get to but when i look at the gender-based violence statistics i mean i fall off my chair you know, I don't know. And I think that 
What I can say is that I hope that women recognize that as long as they, you are alive, there is always work to do. It never stops. There's never a time when you retire and sit under the tree and do nothing. You can sit under the tree and still do something like tell stories to the young or whatever. But uh, what I can say to, 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 to women is that, hey, our work is cut out for us and we can do it. We can do it. We have shown over generations that we can do it, and it's not going to stop now. We have to fight for the equality of women in a difficult society which is still patriarchal, and patriarchy is not going to let you do it easily. You know, so you just have to fight back and we're there, we're there, you know, rooting, yeah. we're there rooting for them, yeah. you know, we're there, you know, at the festival, I just was smiling because I had never seen so many women, young women with their children, with their friends, with their aunties, with their mamas, you know, I, I had never seen, you know, I could see in their faces women who are seriously looking for change. And they are there. They are there, the women. I've never seen, for instance, the opportunities that women have. You know, I mean, I'm so proud of the professional women, of, of the single mothers. I see them in the morning holding their children to leave them somewhere as they go to work. You know, we're not looking to men to save us anymore. We know that, you know, it's in our hands that we have to do it for ourselves. And I just want women to know that everywhere there are, other, there are others who are rooting for them and that saying that you can do it. It's been done and you can do it again. That was so powerful, Mama. That was so powerful. I loved you, what you said about we're not looking to men to save us. We are doing it for ourselves. And we can't mm-hmm. just sit under the tree. We have to do it. We have to do it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I love that inspiration. And as we wrap up this interview, I think another question I'd like to ask you is, how would you love to be remembered? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I'd love to be remembered. I think I would like to be remembered as um, as a woman who admired her forebears, especially her female forebears. I really, really, I think I'm very much inspired by the role that women before me have played, not only in South Africa, you know, not only in my township, not only in my province, but women all over. You know, I studied and worked in the United States for a long time. And one of the things that really inspired me was African-American women, uh, especially African-American women writers. You know, I knew them face-to-face people like Toni Morrison, you know, Louise Merriweather, um, June Jordan, 
Tony, Kate, Bambara, you know, I knew all those women and those women were great writers. And they they left something. They have left us something, you know, just like uh, in our own country where women like me, Dasi Piripere, Ruth Mombati, uh, Florence Matumela, you know, many, many women and women whom we don't know. You know, people like Sally Mortana, you know, uh, Gertrude Schopen, uh, uh, um, Kubi Myatt, you know, those women have left us so much and it's our duty to find out about them. There is no excuse. I know books are expensive in South Africa, but we need to fight for libraries. We pay tax. So we need to fight for libraries to be built, no matter how small they are where we are, so that we can raise the voices of women who have changed society in such a manner that, um, you know, we are unable to stand here and say what I say, you know. Uh, yes. I'm able to say I've written a book and it's been published. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm able to say I went to university, you know. Uh, I'm able to say I've worked with, you know, because another thing that kills us is the fact that we are so distant from one another. And we must break those distances that exists between women in the rural areas and women in the urban areas. Women who are educated and women who are uneducated. Women who speak, you know, we have to break down that if we want to make a better world. And if we want to get rid of this patriarchy, which has put us where we are. Yes. Wow. Thank you so much, Mambabra, for just giving us so much um, inspiration and giving us the fuel as women to keep on going. Thank you so much. That is activist, academic, educator, politician, ambassador, mother, poet, and the world's greatest wordsmith, everybody, Mam Barbara Masekela. Thank you again for speaking to us on this International Women's Day. And I wish you all ladies out there a blessed and amazing International Women's Day. Carol O'Foury, weekdays 9am till 12, East Coast Radio.